0: Uh, uh, uh. All right. So last night, wow. Last night. So I'm like, I'm getting home. I'm all excited because you know, awesome day for the abs. Awesome game for the nuggets. And I'm like getting ready for bed. And then my phone starts like, you know, blowing up with these notifications Notifications of a trade. The Nuggets active at the trade deadline. I mean, uh, not really the trade deadline. Yeah, well,
1: I mean, that, that, basically. That, I believe that's on Thursday.
0: Yeah, it's Thursday at, I think, 1 local time. 1 a.m. or 1 p.m. P.m. Okay. But still, I mean, it's like the week of you're basically, you know, give me a little leeway here, Eddie. I'll
1: give you a little wee.
0: So, at this trade deadline, we are active. My initial thought is yes, we are active. We've we've talked about multiple times this this year that the Nuggets are so deep, and when you get to the playoffs, you're going down to an eight nine man rotation. And if you can consolidate some of that talent for upgrade, you know, bring in somebody who's you. Know, Potential all-star caliber player to play alongside of you know Murray and Jokic. Jokic and MPJ and Grant. You know, bring in somebody, somebody good that you want to connect with.
1: You know, Beasley and Wancho and Vanderbilt. You know what I mean? Definitely somebody that can that can work with those guys and make everything flawless.
0: But then I see what this trade one this trade involved. I believe. Twelve players. It was a four team trade that involved twelve players. It was it was very weird. And my and it, it wasn't even uh, good. My okay, from a Nugget standpoint, my initial reaction after I see everything that went that that you know was involved in this trade for the Denver Nuggets is that we got fleeced. We got robbed. I, I will concur with that. We give up Malik Beasley, all right? Right there, off top of my head, I'd say, you know, maybe a first round, maybe a late first round pick for Malik Beasley. We give up Juancho, probably a second round pick, hopefully, you know, a mid to high second round pick, and we trade Jared Vanderbilt, who... Maybe get a second round pick. He hasn't really played at all, so maybe try to get a return about what we spent on him in return. But we give up those three players. I mean, granted, Beasley and Wancho will probably gone at the end of this season, anyways. So I'm not super butthurt hurt about that. But is is the
1: butt hurt because Wancho and Beasley are going to Minnesota? That that is also part of it
0: because once again we're training within the division, and I don't. Ugh. The butt hurt comes from what we get in return. Okay, we get a we get the Rockets' first round pick, which is going to be you know a pick in the twenties, if not like mid to high twenties. We get Maybe Gerald
1: unless Houston plans on tanking the rest of the season.
0: No, because they they did this whole trade. Ah, uh, yeah, never mind. Never mind. To try to get a three and D guy to help him out. All right. And you we bring in Gerald Green, who hasn't played this season and will not play this season. We bring in Gerald Green basically to cut him. We bring in Noah Vonley who is an undersized center. We bring in I don't even know this guy, Keda Bates Diop. I don't even I don't even know never heard of him before. But on a bad Minnesota team, he's averaging under seven points a game and three rebounds. And probably the best piece as far as player that we bring back is Shabazz Napier, who I actually have liked at different points in his career, but you're talking about bringing him in and he is a point guard on a team where we already have Jamal Murray, Monty Morris, the emergence of PJ Dozier, and you know... Like it or not, Will Barton ends up playing a fair amount of points, especially we saw when Murray has been injured this season. Yep. That is the return we get for Beasley, Wancho, and Vanderbilt. It's uh, not the
1: smartest, you could say.
0: I definitely would say. I mean... Houston did this all to get Robert Covington. That's that's what they wanted. Who, I mean, they're going to be playing a lot of small ball in Houston now. Uh, they've been playing a ton of small ball since Capella went hurt. I saw some about, like, they went, like, five straight games or something like that without playing a guy over 6'6 on the court at all throughout the entire game. And they just traded away Clinton Capella. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, I actually feel like came out the best here. They got Clint Capella and Nene. Clint Capella with um, what's that guy's name? Collins in Atlanta. Yes. With them playing, you know, the four and the five together, I think that could uh, Atlanta could be sneakily good in the East, and they only really had to give up Evan Turner. I mean, that's kind of. It's almost all they gave up was Evan Turner, and they have so many young wing-type players there that I don't really see that as a loss for them. But they got—I think the Hawks is definitely the team that came out the best in this. But game back to the Nuggets, I mean, Beasley, granted, he has not been able to see the court as much this season because of the depth and because of the way this team is constructed— he played he he was a great bench player for us last season. And if you want to boil it down, we trade him for a, you know, for crap. I mean, you could try to boil it down to we traded him for the Rockets first round pick. And then say, you know, Wancho and Vanderbilt was for all those players that aren't going to see the court. I mean, granted, Wancho and Vanderbilt probably weren't going to see the court either. But you're not really getting a return on it. Not to mention the fact that I'm pretty sure in the NBA there's a clause that we can't just flip these players and trade them right off the bat. We can't trade them again until, like, this offseason. So it's not like we're bringing in players that maybe a New Orleans or a, or a Cavs, if you wanted to go Kevin Love route, right, are they're coveting necessarily.
1: I'm, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to make sense of this in a open-minded way, and no matter which way I I try to make sense of it, it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Because there really, man. If you look at a late twentieth pick in the first round for Denver, there's really nobody good that's gonna be around that late you know what i mean
0: probably not especially since you know early talks about this draft class is that it's not a very good draft class it's not you know it's not one where you're going to be like oh you know mpj dropped to 14th and he was a top he was potential number one overall pick, snag right. him up. It's not a it's not a draft class where a bulbul, you know, because of an injury drops into the second round when he was a, you know, top ten, top five pick. The, we, the the top five picks are like in last year's draft would be like a, you know, top twenty pick.
1: We we definitely got hosed. Um so I'm not too sure what the Denver front office was thinking on that. But my my question is, why so many players for a really, technically a really pathetic trade? Four teams with 12 different players and nobody really got anything good.
0: Really only two players that you would expect to get. You know, significant playing time were involved. In this at face value, you have Covington going to, um, going to the Rockets. You have Capella going to the Hawks, and then probably the Beasley. I would expect to get some decent PT with Minnesota, partially because Minnesota is just sucks. So I wouldn't be surprised if Malik could get into that starting rotation, maybe even, which good for Malik. I mean. He's going into a better situation for him. Right. Just as far as being able to get PT. And again, I'll say Malik Beasley, Juancho, it, it, these were players that needed to be traded just so we didn't lose them for nothing this offseason. Okay. Especially considering they weren't really playing. When this team was fully healthy, which here shortly, especially after the All-Star break, theoretically we should be. These guys were, you know, 10th, 11th, something like that on, on the rotation list, and you get down to crunch time, you're not getting to that 10th player. These guys were not going to see PT when it comes to the playoffs in all likelihood. Right. It does one plus, I guess you could say, that I'm hearing a lot, is that this clears way for more PT for MPJ. I don't really see that argument necessarily because Michael Porter Jr. was already playing ahead of all three of these guys. I mean, I never noticed Beasley, Wancho, or Vanderbilt taking away any time from MPJ. So I don't really get why so many people are trying to I mean, maybe you're just trying to, you know, see the silver lining, but I feel like you're kind of reaching when you're talking about trying to clear, clear room for MPJ to get more minutes. Uh,
1: Yeah, but not well. Trying to think here. If I mean... okay, so here we are, getting close to the playoffs. Yes. And <clears throat> we really want to make a, a strong run at the Western Conference Finals on top of NBA Finals. I would have kept Beasley and traded Wancho and Vanderbilt. But I don't think, like, like in the back of my head, I don't think either way it's going to matter because obviously those three aren't going to get any, any sort of court time during the playoffs unless very unlikely. We're up three games to nothing in the first round, and we're up 40 points. Mm-hmm. You know, then that, that might be a little bit different. But I can see the Denver front office making the move because obviously, you know, I'm sure Malone threw his two cents and they're like, hey, you guys, they're, they're not going to be playing.
0: And I also kind of picture Malone being like, you know what? I like these guys. These guys should be rotation guys somewhere we just don't have the space for them right
1: so he he's definitely trying to to make sure these guys are utilized the way they are and and how good they are i don't know it's 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 weird i think i need more time to just sit and think about it and, and kind of understand this it is what it is. All right, guys. We're gonna take a small break. We're gonna come back. We're actually gonna dive into the game of the Nuggets and the Trailblazers last night and kind of talk about the uh the hype. I guess you could say that was with the Trailblazers coming in and, and Damian Lillard and how that hype train got uh got derailed last night. And we're back on the Aimston Radio. Oh. Hi. Of the EMP show. And we're gonna soothe your listening ears with little Denver Nuggets basketball. Hi. All the right. Denver Nuggets took on. The Portland Trailblazers.
0: Yes, yes, they did.
1: Last night at the Pepsi Center. Huge shout out to Ashley. As she was a Denver Nuggets dancer that brought the power, brought their right egg game, and helped the Denver Nuggets win.
0: Yes, clearly they won because of her.
1: Exactly. So you gotta see Ashley. Give her a high five and say, "You go, girl!" Denver was astonishingly good last night. Would you say, Mike?
0: Yes, they were.
1: Final score. Actually, you know what? Let's let's go by quarter. So, in the first quarter, Denver had tremendous scoring power, making thirty-seven points to portland's 28 what's up percy in case you guys didn't know percy's like legit the coolest person i ever met oh yeah sorry smooth jazz so denver scoring 37 points portland only scoring 28 now mike out of the first quarter. Go and give me your thoughts as as what the hype was to this game.
0: As a whole, what the hype was?
1: As a whole. And then how oh. that hype got shut down after that first quarter.
0: The hype was is that the Portland Trailblazers one came in on a winning streak. Uh They came in on a four-game winning streak. And not just them, Damian Lillard came in on fire. You go all the way back to when they played at the Mavericks, okay? At the Mavericks was a 34-point game. Now, granted, they lost. But since then, they played the Thunder. Lillard dropped 34 They played the Warriors. Lillard put up 61. They played the Mavericks again. Lillard dropped 47. Pacers. 50. Rockets. 36. Against the Lakers, the number one team in the West, Lillard dropped 48 to help them beat the Los Angeles Lakers. Even their last game against the Jazz, Lillard dropped 51. Lillard came in on fire. And consequently, the rest of his team was on fire coming into yesterday's game. And it started early where Lillard just could not hit his shot. Whether, you know, you choose to give credit to Gary Harris, who was on him a lot of the night, or, you know, just having an off night if you choose to look at it like that. But between him on the night going 1 of 6 from downtown, 8 of 23 overall. And then you even look at McCullum, who went 8 of 18 in that game. McCullum, for the most part, he ended up with Tory Craig on him for a lot of the night. The Nuggets just match up with the Trailblazers well. Played them for the third time this season and have beat them every time now. McCollum, actually, even he got so frustrated with the defense that Torrey Craig was putting on him. I don't remember if it was in the second quarter or third quarter, but he went and straight, like, body-checked. Tory Craig, when he was driving to the basket on a breakaway. It wasn't like a slap. It was straight up shoulder-checked Tory Craig right in the chest. The Denver Nuggets hold, held an opponent to under 100 points. A steaming hot opponent in the Trail Trailblazers. Scored 37 in the first quarter, 36 in the third quarter. In the second quarter, held the Trailblazers to just 10 points in this game. Now, they did get Jamal Murray back, which is awesome. Jamal Murray able to drop 20 points in his debut back with the team to go along with six assists. But they were still without Paul Millsap. Still without Mason Plumlee. Still without MPJ last night as well.
1: Now, what... And I asked this very openly because nobody was aware that Murray wasn't going to be playing last night.
0: No, I heard no rumors of, like, any sort of even timetable for his return, really.
1: So... With that being said, I mean, what are you thinking as far as a time frame for Millsap, a time frame for Plumlee, and MPJ?
0: Well, MPJ, I think we'll just—he'll be back next game. Would be my assumption. I would guess he would play tonight, especially considering we just shipped out three guys that put in minutes. Two guys that put in like Hernan Gomez played twenty-eight minutes last night. And Malik Beasley, 24 minutes. That right there, just between those two dudes, that's 52 minutes that we traded away between last night and then tonight's game since we're playing a back-to-back. That's also something to think about when you're looking at this trade is just the timing of it. We're in the back-to-back where tonight we are playing Utah, a team that we are battling with You know, and who was actually ahead of us just as recently as last week in the standings. And we traded away. I mean, if you want to throw in Vanderbilt as well, we traded away 59 minutes that played for us last night in the dominant win against the Trailblazers. So I would expect MPJ to play tonight. I, um, Plumley, not so much. When it comes to Millsap. So so
1: real quick, just, okay. just looking back at the last time Denver played Utah, the only one that out of, out of Beasley, Wancho, and Vanderbilt that had any points during that game was Beasley, and that was seven points. He did have three rebounds and four assists. Vanderbilt played four minutes and had nothing. Mm-hmm. So it's really not like they were a huge contributor to that victory over Utah. But also in that game, we had MPJ and we had... Actually, no, we just had MPJ because Murray was still out, Plumlee was still out, and Millsap's still out.
0: Did Gary Harris play in that game?
1: No. We had Craig, Grant, Jokic, Barton, Morris... MPJ, Beasley, Dozer, and Vanderbilt.
0: So, in particular, at the forward position, though, um, because that's where we're hurting the most injury-wise, I guess you could say, between Millsap and throwing in Plumlee as well, and then you trade away Wancho and Vanderbilt, that, that's where, you know, MPJ returning tonight is the most important as far as being able to eat up minutes. Beasley, we, we got guys to kind of eat up those minutes. Um, I mean, having Murray returned is huge for that. Uh, Dozier, obviously, will end up getting more minutes. And then we have Craig. Now, but back to who m- might be returning, though, is Millsap. What makes that interesting is there's kind of I've kind of gotten a sense that people are not totally sure what is wrong with Millsap and why he's being why he still hasn't been playing. Then you look at the timing of it and then the trade that went down last night. Could they be holding out Millsap to avoid an injury because he is, you know, he's older. It's more likely that he could get hurt than, say, Beasley last night. Holding him out as a salary piece in a bigger trade.
1: They could be. Um, I mean, that, that's definitely not out of the question. That is, that's highly realistic because, I mean, Millsap. He gets in there and he plays good for you. He plays excellent defense. He has excellent offense. And that I mean that that's a a huge possibility. No, but but one of the things I do want to touch on is you did bring up that he is an older player. Yes. So really teams are tending to look more at the age and how much longer he has in the league to see if it's even worth a big trade.
0: That that's But the, the whole reason why Millsap would be interesting is because this is the last year of his contract. You look at Cleveland, if you went after Kevin Love, you look at Drew Holiday from the Pelicans, or say, you know, Beal was attainable. Those guys all have multiple years left on their contract. So if you do Drew Holiday for Paul Millsap, you know, in a hypothetical world where it's a one-for-one, the Pelicans get cap space available this offseason. This offseason, they have an extra 30 million to go up to, you know, Giannis, since technically his deal's up at the end of the year and be like, hey, Giannis, don't you want to play with Zion? That's why it's interesting. It's he's an older player. He has big, he has a big salary cap number, which is why, you know matching salaries, he's an intriguing option, and the fact that it's an expiring deal at the end of this season. To be able to trade to a team, most notably I would probably say New Orleans, maybe Washington, although I don't know that Beal's necessarily attainable anymore, Um, but to a team like New Orleans where this offseason, having that much salary cap room, when you have you know, such intriguing pieces to play with. If, especially if you throw in, you know, Lonzo Ball, like him or hate him, he's the way he distributes the ball makes him an intriguing player to go and want to play next to.
1: I can, I can see that, but I mean, with with the experience that Millsap has, I don't. I wouldn't go and try to trade Millsap. I would try to extend him.
0: But <sighs> see We we only have limited funds coming this offseason. And then if you if you're talking about trying to extend him, look at a guy like Jeremy Grant, whose contract is a player option at the end of this year. And with the way he's been playing, a lot of people think he's going to opt out of his deal in favor of getting some more money. Who would you rather have on your team? Paul Millsap or Jeremy Grant?
1: I, I would definitely go Jeremy Grant
0: younger. He is better shooting outside. He he's more athletic, particularly at this point in Millsap's career. So you you're losing some of that leadership? Yes. Um which the leadership I think was more important last year than it will be going forward because guys like Murray, guys like Jokic, they are kind of they're they're slowly but they are becoming those, you know, the experienced guys on the team. The guys who, you know, went to two game 7s last year in the playoffs, winning one of them.
1: And during one of those Game 7 series, playing like four overtimes. Yes. But no, I, I, I would definitely keep Jeremy Grant over Millsap. So definitely getting a trade and getting and bringing up some money on that is, is a smart thing to do, especially to keep Jeremy Grant. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see it. But either way, Nuggets back in action tonight. Yes. Going to Utah.
0: Yes, another big game, another divisional game, which is interesting merely for the fact that Denver is actually undefeated in the division, the only undefeated team within the division. And go they did last night, racing out to a 6-1 to one victory over the Buffalo Sabres.
1: to
0: 6-1. Including a four-goal second period. Get out of town. Four-goal second period. The only goal given up by Grubauer last night was on a deflection with less than one second to go in the first period you really would you you're like come on could you not have held on for just one more second there grooby just just one more but you know what it's okay not everybody's perfect it, it was a good bounce back game for him after giving up five goals in his last one so it's nice to it's nice to bounce back a little it is and just like
1: we made mention yesterday there was a day off for Groob to get get a little rest and comes out and has a, a very dominant showing, facing 24 shots, shutting down 23. So, I mean, like I said, man, not everybody's perfect, but he uh, he got her done.
0: Yeah, it was a three-point night for Nikushkin. One goal, two assists, a uh, couple points for Zadorov, including a nice little backhander by him in the second period. Uh, you had Kadri with... Two points. Burkoski had three assists to go for his four-point outing last night. I want to touch on though the first goal of the evening.
1: Yes. Touch on it. Touch on it.
0: So there's this, there's, there's this pile up kind of in front of the net. You know, the uh some Avs players getting knocked down by this Sabres player and there's a delayed penalty. It's going to be interference called on him. I, I assume that's what the call was going to be at least. That's, that's what I was going to go with. And nobody realizes that, you know, when the puck was shot, it ends up going like around the boards and just kind of chilling over there, just just chilling over there in the sweet spot. Just,
1: just hanging out, seeing if anybody wants to hang out. And you
0: know? nobody notices it for like four seconds until Gerard like looks over. He's like, Oh crap! There's a puck it's just hanging out there, <laughs> mine for the taking. It's just it's just there, and like nobody's after it. Let me just jaunt on over real quick and wrist snap goal.
1: That honestly, man, I've never seen anything <laughs> like that. I've never seen both teams kind of lose the puck.
0: Yeah, I guess the you know I mean? the assumption was maybe that the puck was underneath the like mini dog pile that was going on over there, or did they think like maybe play had stopped because there was going to be a fight or something? I mean, nobody and even Gerard, it took him, you know, like I said, like four or five seconds to realize, oh, we're still playing. The puck is over here. The goalie is, like, you know, right shoulder up to the post. Completely open on the other side where the puck is chilling. Let me just, you know, tally one real quick. Let me get her done.
1: And that's basically what the Avs did. They got her done.
0: Yes, very much so. Uh, The Avalanche now... That's their first game against the Sabres. They will host the Sabres on the 26th of this month. And uh, I don't know. They, there were several points in that game. It just seemed like Buffalo was uninterested in playing hockey.
1: It seemed like they were just a little bit demoralized, but that's all right. Ain't nothing to it, but to just do it. and Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. Exactly. And they came out. They tried playing for the... The full 60 minutes, and unfortunately, it didn't go their way. It went the Avs' way. Which now, here's here's a little bit of, of, of the trickery in the current standings.
0: Ooh, standings.
1: Is everybody in the Central Division. Is good. Has played more games than the Avalanche.
0: Correct, correct.
1: More games. Some teams have played one game. Some teams have played two games. Some games. Have, some teams have played three games.
0: The, the St. Louis Blues, for instance, who are leading the Central Division, have played three more games than them.
1: Correct. Second place, Dallas, has played two more games. Okay? And then, you know, fourth place, Nashville is one game ahead of us of being played. But the fact is with the avalanche having played less games and still being in
0: third place, only one loss behind second place. They were one point behind Dallas with two games in hand. Correct. We're basically in second place.
1: We're basically in second place. And we are not that far off from first place.
0: So three games in hand, eight points behind. So if we were to win... All three games to, you know, pull even in the games played. We're only two points back from the St. Louis Blues.
1: We are. And first place is not far away. No. And the divisional trophy is not that far.
0: And in all likelihood, it's looking like whoever wins the central division is going to get home ice throughout the playoffs in the Western Conference.
1: Yes. So that is a very big plus.
0: Now, to get going on that path, their next game is going to be against the Senators. First game of two against the Senators this season. Um, just to touch on a couple things real quick is Burkowski, in his last five games, four goals, seven assists. 11 points in his last 5 games. He's averaging over 2 points a game. And this is this is not, you know, McKinnon or Landeskog or Rantanen. This is Burkhoski. This right. is a, a second liner.
1: Let, let let's go to tomorrow night. Okay. Playing at the Senators, playing on their home ice, in front of their crowd.
0: Senators aren't very good.
1: They're not. They they got like 18 wins. But we cannot sit there and say that the teams that are not doing so well aren't teams that can't beat you.
0: I mean, we see that all the time with the Nuggets. They with they, the Nuggets. We've seen it a couple times with the Avalanche. You can't play you can't play your opponent's record. Exactly. Now,
1: we we can assume and hope for an avalanche victory against the Senators. And then we move on to Saturday, where we play the Blue Jackets.
0: First game of a back-to-back over the weekend.
1: Yes, because then we go to air. Uh, we go to Minnesota and play the Wild right after that.
0: Yep, go there, play Beasley and Wancho.
1: It, it's it's going to be very difficult, but I think we may be able to shut them down. Okay, we may be able to. I don't know.
0: I don't he's a
1: sharpshooter so and and Wancho he he's the enforcer but I think our our guys can can outskate him. Now, if we can lock down the sen- the Senators, lock down the Blue Jackets and the Wild. I believe going into Tuesday's game here at Pep Center against the Senators again, Either, A, we will safely place ourselves in a good spot at second place or possibly catch St. Louis.
0: Yes, I'm trying but, to. But there's,
1: there's other things that got to go in, into play with that. I mean, obviously, St. Louis has to lose a game. And Dallas, I mean, it'd be nice for them to lose, but they don't need to lose. Because St. Louis has the Jets tomorrow night. They have the Stars on Saturday. Tuesday they play the Ducks. I mean, I don't, I don't see anybody besides the Stars possibly beating them.
0: I which mean, which will be in our could. favor.
1: It'll be in our favor if the Stars beat the Blues.
0: Yes, yes.
1: But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what's up on that. All I care about is last night avs coming out playing avalanche hockey getting the w get just just give your thoughts on the game get give your thoughts on how everything's kind of coming to sink
0: a dominant game for the avalanche and they kind of needed that they had a, basically 2 weeks off they were clearly rusty coming out of that and it showed when we played um when we played the uh the flyers so being able to come back and dominate like this granted against not a great team but you know they're averaging they, they get one point per game basically you know they're 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 exactly 23 and 23 in Buffalo. They're they're like the epitome of mediocre. So it was nice to get that victory. But you gotta keep it rolling. You're playing a crappy Senators team tomorrow. You need you you can't afford to sleep on that. Uh you need to catch the blues like if you cuz home home ice advantage is within your grasp here in the west don't lose sight of that cuz any team any team especially in the western conference in a 7 game series if the avalanche have home ice advantage i'm taking them any team last year we lost in game 7 against the sharks Game seven, where was that game played, Eddie?
1: I believe that was played here.
0: In San Jose. It was
1: played in San Jose. Are you sure?
0: Because we were a wild card team last year. That's right. We were a wild
1: Okay. So, yeah,
0: it was. So, if that game was played here, is there any doubt in your mind the Avs don't win that game? Absolutely not. The Avs, when it's
1: time to shine, the Avs shine on their home ice. There's no doubt in the mind that we wouldn't have won that game. At all. I mean, look what they did to Calgary before.
0: Yep. I mean, in Calgary, that that was the number one team in the West. That was the number one team. and We were were the eight seed, and we took down the one seed in five games. And then... (sighs) You have a chance to go from the eight seed and you should be the one seed this year. Yeah. There's not a team in the West that is better than the Avalanche, especially if we can actually get consistent goalie play. Cuz we can score with any team in the NHL. And if we can get if we can get goalie play like we did last night out of Grubauer on a consistent basis,
1: all all fingers are pointed to the number one seed. All fingers are pointed
0: for a very very good playoff run. If even just one finger doesn't point towards that one seed, it'd be a shocker. It would be. And everybody likes the shocker
1: because that's what hockey is about. That's what sports is all about, the shocker. And... With this shocker, the Avalanche will be Stanley Cup champions. With the NBA shocker, the Nuggets will be NBA champions.
0: That would be... I I am comfortable saying that would be definitely more of a shocker than the Avalanche. I don't think the Avalanche... The Avalanche have a realistic shot of... And I feel like a lot of people felt like they had a realistic shot coming into the season at Stanley Cup. That that NBA championship, anybody who's not in Denver is taking an L.A. team out of the West. Everybody's just in love with them L.A. teams, including our co-host, Phil. We'll probably get into that tomorrow with him. Who's that?
1: Phil. 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 Oh, okay. I know who that is now.
0: So we'll pr- definitely get into that more with him tomorrow, especially with this trade. And by time our show ends tomorrow, I am would think and I'm hoping there'll be another trade involving the Nuggets that goes down. Yes, yes, yes You know what that sound means We are vastly, quickly approaching Major League Baseball time Stop a training The owner of your Colorado Rockies Had a very interesting thing to say the other day,
1: hold on. I'm trying to remember his name. I feel like it's something
0: popular.
1: Maury, no Mickey, no nope. Modello,
0: no nope. Monfort. Yes, Rocky's owner Dick Monfort came out and said that. The Colorado Rockies, the team mired in drama this offseason, will win a franchise record 94 games in 2020.
1: That's what he is calling. And why not? Because currently, as of today, the Rockies have not only the greatest third baseman in Major League history... But also, they have a newly named best shortstop in the biz.
0: According to MLB Network, Trevor Story. Trevor Story. Best shortstop currently in the game. Is that a coink No. I mean, especially defensively, that side of the infield is lockdown. It is, you know... It, it, it's it's the Hoover Dam over there, not getting past the Hoover. And let let's let's be
1: real, guys. We are so close to baseball that literally February twenty second, the first spring training game for your Colorado Rockies. As they take on the Arizona Diamondbacks.
0: Yes, the Arizona Diamondbacks who uh, acquired Starling Marte from the Pirates. Who signed Mad Bum off the free agency. Who? Madison Bum Gardner.
1: Madison Bum
0: Gardner. Cha, 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 cha. So... The Diamondbacks went out and they improved their team by a good amount. And they were a surprisingly good team last year as well. But back back to the Rockies. I mean, you got that side of the infield. You got the other side of the infield where, you know, I'm going to say Brendan Rodgers and Daniel Murphy will be your day one starters. We'll see. That's just my my gut at this moment. Are you talking about day one as an opening day? Yes. Are you talking about
1: opening day as an April 3rd at 2.10 p.m.? Against the stand, Diego Padre. Cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Okay. Just want to know we're on the same page, man. Just want to know we're on the same page. But mind you, the regular season kicks off March 26th which the Rockies are in California, in San Diego, for four games against the Padres, and then make that ever so long and boring 10-minute drive to L.A. And I say long because L.A. has the worst traffic. It takes like four hours to get 10 feet. But they play L.A. for three games, and then they come home. They come
0: to Killersville. Cha 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 cha. You enjoying your cha cha slide over there? A little bit. I I couldn't guess. Just
1: just a wee little bit, sir. Cha 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 cha. Yeah. See. 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 (laughs) Now you're like, you know what? It it sounds. It rolls
0: off the tongue good. So, back to the Rockies and this 94 game win prediction by Dick Montfort. When we were completely healthy and rolling two years ago, we couldn't even get to 94, and we were playing very well. We were, but maybe, maybe
1: Mr. Montfort knows something we don't. Like? Maybe there's a big trade coming our way. Like? Maybe we're keeping Arenado.
0: Yes.
1: Maybe, just maybe, we're making a trade with the Dodgers. Because they just picked up two brand new people.
0: Yes, the Dodgers that, you know, were the best team in the National League record wise, last couple of seasons, go out and pick up one of the best position players in all of baseball right now in Lucky Mets and picked up David Price, an all star caliber pitcher for a prospect and Medea. Yeah the um the dodgers went from really flipping good to okay do we even need to play these games <laughs> i mean come on now i i have two two avenues i want to go down here what choo- choose a or b let's go b b okay b with all the drama going on with the Rockies this offseason, mostly surrounding Nolan Arenado and his future with the team, could this have been the Rockies who made this move? The Rockies sending Nolan Arenado to Boston and, you know, throw in, uh, throw in Sensatella. Or some pitching prospect and bringing in Mookie, Mookie Betts to play alongside Dahl and Blackman in the outfield. A- and, you David know, Price and David Price. And you get some money. Yeah. Think about how much better the team would have been looked at right now as compared to still. In turmoil. And potentially, you know, I don't know that you could get a better return than what the stupid Dodgers were able to get. Who don't even need this type of return. But they go out and make it happen. And then you're the Rockies who have been stagnant all offseason. And every other team... Is getting better in your division basically Besides the Giants And you're just You're staying stagnant
1: I would like The improved outfield I would like having David Price But deep down It would hurt To not have Aaron
0: it would. It, it most definitely would. And I would love to be able to keep Nolan Arenado. Don't get me wrong. Love to be able to keep Nolan Arenado. Just, just think of
1: it that way, man. You have a, a, a terrific outfield. You have an astonishing infield. You have very good pitchers
0: if they bounce back.
1: If they bounce back, which we've seen John Gray has been able to bounce back. Yes. Tyler Anderson is no longer here. He's he's hanging out on the beaches of San, San Francisco. Fran. And that was kind of a that that was kind of a good move cuz he wasn't consistent for us.
0: You got to believe Freeland will be able to bounce back.
1: Kyle Freeland, the homegrown Colorado boy. I think his, his first season as a Rocky, so excited. Huge potential. That second season, I, I think everything got to him. But the start of his third season, he's ready. He's ready. He's ready to do this.
0: Well, you look at what the Dodgers gave up. I'm not even convinced, you know, because giving up Arenado is way more than what the Dodgers gave up to bring in Betts and Price. Well, I mean,
1: the Dodgers gave up Vertigo. Who was a
0: decent, you know, decent player in spot duty last season?
1: And what is it, Gratterall? Is that who they got?
0: Uh, some some, some uh,
1: no-name. Uh, uh, but they also got uh, Peterson.
0: Peterson went to the El, what? The Angels, Angels, Angels. Peterson went to the Angels.
1: So Peterson went to the Angels. Uh, Pegas. I don't know if he officially went to the Angels. Or if it's still rumored. But well, regardless, regardless, okay? all I know is Arenado has to be worth really big names.
0: Yes. I mean, if you were to able, if you were able to finagle something, you know, Something to bring in Mookie bets, even if you don't include David Price in this. I have to believe that Rockies had a combination that would have been a better offer than what the Dodgers sent over to bring in bets without having to part with Arenado or Story or Dahl. Ian Desmond would have been great to get rid of. I would love to have been I would have loved to have gotten rid of Ian Desmond like two seasons ago.
1: Maybe Desmond
0: and Blackman. And as much as I like Blackman, that is a trade I would have been willing to make, hands down, for bets.
1: Maybe Desmond, Blackman, and a relief pitcher. Wade Davis?
0: Probably would still do it, yes. I would prefer to keep Wade Davis cuz we're already kind of thin in the relief pin if you will. But yeah. Um this this kind of let me backtrack and go you you chose route B. Let's go down route A Let's for a moment it. here.
1: We're going route A.
0: What the hell is major league baseball doing not having a salary cap? All the other major sports have salary caps even if it's the NBA where you know you have a soft salary cap and then in a hard one later on it is just it is not creating a fair playing field you you see in the in NFL for instance a hard salary cap generally speaking no teams suck consistently year in and year out except maybe like the Browns but that's that's more of a management issue than anything. And then yes, you do have the occasional team like the the Patriots who are consistently good, but that's because you put in the right coaching staff. You know, you had the right the right mixture of ingredients there. But large and all, in the NFL, there is ebb and flow on who is going to be good year in and year out. There there's divisions the that go you know spans of you know a decade without having the same team win the division back to back years you look at you look at uh at hockey the avalanche went from the worst team in NHL to now you know coming off a of back to back playoff appearances Potentially being the number one seed in the West, and this is just what three seasons later from being the worst team in the NHL. Yes, even in basketball. Okay, basketball is a little, little hazier because you have you have players that they work their contracts to be able to play with other team with other players, and then that's kind of on them, and that's a whole other issue. the whole issue of, like, player empowerment kind of movement and how that's, you can make an argument that's kind of ruining the game or at least being a detriment to the integrity of the game. But how is it when you have such a vast inequity as far as funds available between a team, you just go, you know, the Dodgers, and you say... The Royals, or you say, uh, the the what? What's a team that's in a bat market? I'm trying to, my my head is just. Are we talking NBA? Like are we talking Pitt, NFL? Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Pirates have. I was just reading an article. They have like the third lowest revenue.
1: Which is weird because the Penguins for hockey are always. Packed arenas. And you look at the Pirates, and you're maybe getting three thousand fans in.
0: But you have a team even better than the Dodgers. Look at the Yankees. And the constant huge revenue they get, not just for you know, tickets to come to their games, huge revenue from their media out their media outlet. Yes, or whatever it is called up there. I think it's called like Yankees Entertainment station or something. something like that. Yeah, something like that. Uh and you know, they get the boost of being in the largest city in America, largest city in uh, one of the largest cities in the world, you know, team like the Yankees, a team like the Dodgers. So you get that boost, not to mention merchandise boost, which is even a greater disparity in a culture like today where people increasingly care less about loyalty to, you know, who's your team. You know, you're growing up in the greater Denver area, who are you going to root for? Uh the Rockies, no. They suck. Why not root for the Dodgers when you know they're going to be good in and out yeah. every season? And so the revenue from merchandise sales is going to be greater for these teams. Which all goes into their pockets in which they can turn around and spend a $100 million on new players year in and year out. Because if an old player doesn't necessarily isn't fitting, you know what? What, What's throwing away $15 million by cutting this guy? Who cares? There's no consequences. Right. But,
1: how long can that go on for before it just ruins the game? Before it ruins the... How do I say it? Like it, it? It just ruins what it's supposed to be.
0: How long have the Yankees been a team? A very long time. So a very long time. And that, that that's kind of my argument, though, is it would increase and benefit the integrity of the game so much just by implementing a salary cap. Because, yes, there's the pace of the game that people complain about. But more so than any other sports with you, maybe the exception, you could say, of basketball. But even basketball, the Lakers sucked for a while. You know, they're really good now again. But they sucked for a while. You can look at it and before knowing anything, you can look at the season and go, you know what, Yankees are going to be in the playoffs. Dodgers are going to be in the playoffs. Red Sox will probably be in the playoffs. You know, there's a handful of teams that just bring in so much revenue and in return are able to spend so much money that you just know, yeah, they're going to be good. They're going to they're going to win ninety plus games because they threw enough money at it, not because they took any any real skill building a team. It was they just, just
1: they, they threw the paper.
0: It was they just made it rain on on free agents. There's no talent in that. There there's no team building concept with that. It's just how much money. Can I just throw at this problem till it's fixed? And we'll
1: see, man. We got, like I said, I, I believe pitchers and catchers report next week. Actually, I think they reported this week. Maybe I can't remember how to look at that. But regardless, man, we'll have to see. I mean, like I said before, as of now, we have the best and greatest. Of all time, third baseman, and we have the newly elected greatest shortstop currently in Major League, Trevor Stories. We'll see.
0: We'll see what's going on. Anything else? Oh, just come back tomorrow, guys. Phil will be here, and we will dive into this I trade I with the it. Nuggets. I doubt Phil will be with him tomorrow. And how he says the Nuggets don't have a star. Have you ever heard anything so stupid, people? That's a ridiculous message. Just ripping the fill tomorrow, guys.